0: Again, good evening and welcome to Midweek Service. Tonight, we're gonna conclude talking about managing God's money. I hope that uh, the last several lessons have been very helpful. Uh, Next next midweek, I will talk about a lot of practical stuff and we're gonna be able to put all these things together, but that's gonna be next week as we all start in our new format next, uh, next, next week in April. Uh, that's when I'll talk about a lot more practical stuff. Again, I want to thank you for your consistent giving to the New York City Church of Christ that for many of us goes back decades. um, May God continue to bless our giving. Um, And so tonight is going to be the treasure principle lesson number four. All right, lesson number four. Again, like we've been talking about the last several weeks, the Bible talks a lot about money and how to manage it. And you and I need to always remember that it is God's money, and uh, the Bible calls us to watch out for greed and for the love of money, even as Christians. All those passages uh, are, uh, is referring to us. Jesus is talking to us that you and I need to guard ourselves against the love of money and against greed, even as He blesses us as his children in this world. And so tonight, I'm going to be talking about principle number five. Um, again, the text is from Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 19 and tonight I'm gonna read from the NLT. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Principle number one, like we talked about a few weeks ago, You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. That was principle number one. Principle number two, God owns everything. We are simply his money managers. God owns everything. We are simply his money managers. Principle number three, our hearts always goes where we put God's money. Our hearts always goes where we put God's money. Principle number four. I talked about this last week. Giving is the only antidote to materialism. Giving is the only antidote to materialism. And tonight is principle number five. God blesses us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. So tonight I'm going to be talking about principle number five. Again, it's God blesses us not to raise our standard of living, But to raise our standard of giving. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 3, Paul writes, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing. In this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything in faith in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have
1: kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving.
0: Paul says here that you and I are to excel in the grace of giving. The ability to give back to God and to give to others is a grace from God. The Macedonian disciples, the Bible tells us in this passage that they gave as much as they were able.
1: The attitude of, you know what, I will put the church first was very evident. You see, brothers and sisters, it does not take a lot of trust to put part of our money to the church or to others when we die. He really doesn't.
0: You and I have no choice when we're living this world because we can't take it with us. And so the question is, where are we going to live it? Where are we going to put it? Because whether we like it or not, at the end of my life, at the end of your life, you're going to part with every material blessing you have. Every penny you have in your bank account or in some trust or in some you know stocks and bonds, you are going to leave it behind. But you see, God has blessed us with all these things to enjoy life, but at the same time, it tells us here now that you and I need to excel in the grace of giving. The fact that God has blessed us with an abundance does not mean that you and I raise our standard
1: of living. Death that we are going to experience is best we are alive. Death, in my view,
0: is the end of our opportunity to give. When the Lord comes back,
1: like I started to say again on Sunday, everything is gonna go up in smoke. Everything. Money that we could have used to feed the hungry, to fulfill the Great
0: Commission, is all gonna go up in smoke. Every last dime and every last dollar. And so you may ask, even as we're talking about not increasing our standard of living, but to increase our standard of giving, how about living
1: an inheritance for our children? I'm glad you asked. First of all, for starters, Scriptures
0: does encourage us to leave an inheritance for our children. And I'm going to read that passage next. But leaving a large inheritance to children is rarely in the children's best interest. So many disaster stories about kids that inherited huge sums of money and huge sums of wealth from their parents. You and I know that giving money to a careless spender it's like throwing gasoline into a fire. There's an African proverb
1: that I'm reminded of. It simply says, money you did not work for and sweat for, you
0: will not know how to spend it. Money you did not work and sweat for,
1: you will not know how to spend it. Again, I've also seen that nothing divides siblings.
0: More quickly than a live inheritance. People are constantly fighting over money when when somebody passes in the family. And so Proverbs 13 verse 22 does say, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Again, we need to be very careful that all
1: this wealth we are accumulating and all these things that we are building and saving for, that when we depart from this world,
0: we need to consider how we, in this life, as we're still alive, to give a lot of it, to help other people, and to make sure that the gospel is spread all over New York City and New Jersey. And yes, when you and I leave this place, We're going to leave a portion of it to our kids. Absolutely. But they're not going to get all my money. I can tell you right now, my kids are not going to get everything. I'm going to give some of the stuff uh, that I've saved up to God's church so that the gospel can continue to be spread. If you look around and see a lot of these old church buildings, if you go in there and go talk to their board of trustees, a lot of those churches have millions of dollars. Where did that money come from? is money that their congregants donated to them and over the years they've built it up and that's why they have a lot of money. We need to do that for the New York City Church of Christ. This generation that as as God calls us home and we're crossing over, we need to leave some of that money so that the money can continue to be used to spread the gospel in New York and in New Jersey. In Old Testament times, Leaving an inheritance to your kids was critical because children could not afford to buy their own land and could end up being enslaved or unable to take care of their parents. Today in 2023, inheritances are mostly windfalls coming to people that are financially independent and who have already have more than they need. That is, the re- that is our reality in 2023.
1: Yes, Compared to most of the world, again, we're very rich people. Most people in this world earn two to three dollars a day. A lot of us on the the
0: screen listening to me tonight, you're not making three dollars a day. And so you are rich
1: compared to most of the people in this world. And so when the Bible talks about being rich, it's talking to us. As of December 2022, Mackenzie Scott has given away $14 billion
0: to 1,600 charitable organizations. She's the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos owns and is the founder of
1: Amazon. Most of the money she got from that divorce, she's given it to 1,600
0: charitable organizations. I have had several conversations with different brothers to write a grant, to, to, to write a grant and to ask her for help. And she will help you out. She helps out for education, hospitals. I mean, she's a very generous person. But you see, this, this scripture, it says, a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. She could easily use that money to go, you know, buy private jets and to to buy mansions all over this world, but she hasn't done that.
1: She's taking that money and using it to help poor people. I don't know if hope has applied. If they haven't, I'm going to encourage them to apply. But you see,
0: there's nothing wrong in in living an inheritance for our kids but we got to make sure that we don't leave everything to them because again, money they have not worked for. We need to teach them. I'm going to talk about that some more practical next week in terms of even, first of all, how we manage our finances and then to teach that to our kids, how to manage money and we can start young. It's okay. Andrew Carnegie once said, the almighty dollar bequeathed to a child is an almighty curse. No man has the right to handicap his son with such a burden as rich wealth.
1: He was one of the wealthiest guys back when he lived several decades ago here in this country. One of my favorite singers is Sting. He's a British musician.
0: Right now, his net worth is $550 million. Sting is quoted as saying he's not leaving any cash to his six kids. The singer said in an interview, he plans to spend the majority of his fortune. He told his kids,
1: there won't be much money left because we are spending it. He said, they have their work ethic. That makes them want to succeed on their own merit. Because he doesn't want to leave everything to them. Bill Gates, many years ago, before his divorce,
0: he said, I definitely think leaving kids massive amounts of money is not a favor to them. Now, you may be, saying, you may be sitting there going, well, you know, I'm not that wealthy. Yes, you and I are not that wealthy but the principle is the same that yes, we need to leave an inheritance for our kids. Just don't mess them up by giving them everything. If anything, we need as parents to start teaching them how to manage the money that you are going to be leaving to them when you and I cross over and go over to paradise. Again, I think as parents, We should be more concerned about leaving our kids a Christian legacy than just an inheritance. Again, I'm not suggesting or saying it is wrong to leave an inheritance to our kids. That's not what I am saying. But I would rather pass on my Christian heritage to my kids, to my grandkids, than some huge amount of money. I'm saying, don't leave them everything. Give to the Lord's work And give to the poor. Yes, give them something. But don't give them everything. Remember, God entrusted the money to you, to me, to begin with. It's not my money. It is God's money.
1: Okay? Think about it this way. You have an investment account
0: that um, some guy, Edward Jones or Goldman Sachs, manages
1: for you, or Fidelity... If your money manager died, okay, how would you feel if he left the money in your account to his kids? How do you think God feels when we do that? The money, give a portion of it to our kids, but we need to use that money for God's
0: purposes to help other people, to help the poor. Okay, The fact that God has given us more money doesn't mean we now raise our standard of living.
1: In Luke chapter 6 in verse 38 a passage we're very familiar with. It says give and it will be given to you. This is Jesus speaking.
0: A good measure pressed down shaken together and running over Will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Notice, He didn't say go shopping. He says give. He commands me to give, and He says it will be given to you. It's a guarantee. God says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Brothers and sisters, this is a very great principle
1: when it comes to money and and how we manage God's money. And you and I cannot violate this principle
0: and think, oh yeah, I can get away with this. Oh no. It says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I know that prosperity preachers have totally messed up this passage. But it's still in the Bible, nonetheless. You will hear all these prosperity preachers telling you, hey, give to God and God will give you more. And you see them, they take all the collection. They use it to buy mansions. They use it to buy very fancy cars. And they're riding around in their Ferraris and their Rolls Royces. I believe that is wrong. They are totally misquoting and misusing this passage. But the passage is in there nonetheless. That you and I should give and it will be given to us. And I believe that's why God even says in Malachi 3, test me in this. To see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven, that
1: you will not have enough room to receive it. God says, test me. With the measure you use, it will be measured to
0: you. Some of us, the measure we use is a a teaspoon. And so I'm asking us tonight, when it comes to your giving, whether it's to the church, whether it's to benevolence, whether it's to helping others, what measure are you using? Is it a teaspoon? Remember, it's the heart behind the giving that God is interested in. Some of us that have more faith, you know, we're, we're using a wastebasket. That's our measure. right, And it says, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You and I cannot violate this principle. You know, the Bible says God will not be marked. Some of us, again, we have more faith and our measure is like this cup that I have on the screen. Again, remember, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The more we give, the more comes back to us. That is the way the principle works. And I've seen it over and over and over again.
1: In brothers and sisters that are very generous. Some of you guys listen to me tonight. You're very generous.
0: And that's why God keeps pouring it back into your lap. And I thank you for your generosity. And I'm saying to those of us that are stingy and are tight-fisted, to imitate these brothers and sisters because this principle works. You and I know that God is the greatest giver in the universe. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only son. He gave his most valuable possession. He gave us his son. And that's why scripture says in Romans, you know what? Since he's done that already,
1: along with Jesus, he's going to give us everything else been a giver,
0: always, and that's why the Bible calls us that, you know, and the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive, always,
1: again, many of us are generous givers and God continues to bless your, your giving, this principle is in the Bible, and yes, prosperity preachers have, you know, they totally messed it up. But it's still in the Bible nonetheless. It is the measure you use that God will multiply it back
0: to you. Again, it ties into Malachi 3. God says, test me. I don't know about you. When God says, test me, oh, I'm I'm testing him. And I can honestly tell you, in 60 years of being on this earth, he has always done much more than I can even ask or imagine. That's the way it works. R.G. Letter Lettenew, I'm sorry, R.G. Lettenew. He's the guy who invented the earth-moving machines. When this guy was alive, he gave 90% of his income away, 90%. He said, okay, God says to tie, and I live on 90%. I'm doing the opposite. And so he gave away 90% of his money and lived on 10%. What an example. He said, I shovel it out. And God shovels it back. But God has a bigger
1: shovel. The question we need to ask ourselves is this. Why has God blessed me with so much? Why has God given me the resources that he's given to me? A
0: lot of times, again, even as Christians, as God blesses us financially, we we go out and we start buying stuff. And then we go into debt. Again, I'll wait till next week to talk about debt. We shouldn't be doing that. God hasn't given us. God is not, you know, blessing us with with financial blessings so that you and I can increase our standard of living, so that you and I can go shopping. That's not it. It never was. Somebody once said, what does debt mean? Doing everything but tithing. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that may be true. But like I said last week, I believe tithing is the flaw. That's what they did in the Old Testament. And then when I read my New Testament, God says, give generously. I mean, that's beyond the tithe. And so, but remember, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Test God, and you, you watch what happens. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food, watch this, will also supply and increase your stock of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Brothers and sisters, this is a great promise. It says, God will supply. That's a guarantee. It doesn't say God may supply, it says He will supply. God will supply. God will increase. God will enlarge. God will enrich. He says you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. It doesn't say so that you can go shopping or so that you can buy a bigger house or a better car. Again, there's nothing wrong in wanting more space. Okay, don't get me wrong, but the reason why God is blessing us financially is so that we can be generous on every occasion, it says. That's what what my Bible teaches, so that we can be generous. God comes out and tells us why he gives us
1: more money than we need. It's so that we can be generous. Not so that you can find more ways to spend God's money. Not on expensive clothes, not on the latest electronic gadgets, not on eating out in the finest restaurants. And again, there's nothing wrong in doing those things in and of themselves. The question is, how generous are we
0: with the resources, and time, and everything that God has given to us. How generous are we? God gives to us so that we can be generous givers. That's why he's blessed us with everything he's given to us in America. More money is a blessing. To be be honest with you, it's actually a test.
1: Because God is watching, what are you going to do with this? You and I... We are called God's servants in scripture big God, so to speak. We don't
0: own the store. We simply walk here. We simply are walking on this earth with the resources God has blessed us with. It's not ours. We're just money managers. You know, you and I, you've, we've seen these guys, you know, whether it's FedEx or Amazon. You see, just because God puts his money in our hands doesn't mean he intends for you to stay there. These guys that deliver packages,
1: that's their job. How would you feel if the driver of this FedEx truck
0: and the Amazon driver say, you know what? I'm not delivering these packages. I'm just going to keep all this stuff for myself. You would not not be happy. I would not be happy. Again, when God blesses us with material wealth, and all we're doing is spending it for ourselves and increasing our standard of living, we're acting like these FedEx drivers who will not deliver the packages where they need to go. That's exactly what we're doing. We need to, we need to get the package to its proper destination. I learned a lot of valuable lessons growing up from my mom
1: as she raised me. And one of the things I learned the most about my mother was generosity. I've said it before and I'll say it again tonight. My mother was generous to a fault. I haven't met anybody, even in my 60 years on this earth, that was more generous than my mom. And I learned that from her. And I'm saying to us, those of us that are parents
0: in here, let's make sure that our kids see our giving. And that would teach them that, you know what? Generosity, giving to
1: others and helping others is what God says. They need to learn that from you and me. They need to see it in us. They're, okay, we've cooked some extra
0: and say, hey, mom, where are you going? Okay, oh, let, let's, go, uh, let, let's go give this to that lady over there on, 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 the, uh, on the street corner begging for money. We need to teach them that. They need to see us doing that and, and using some, some of the resources that God has blessed us with and just giving it away and using it to better the lives of others. Our kids need to see us, you know, uh, putting uh, money in the, in the plate. I know we, we've stopped doing that because of COVID. You know, it, it sounds like we're going to start doing that again. But I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to leave my own electronic whatever. whatever. It's, it's very easy. And the machine does it for me, but our kids need to see us doing that. Now like, you know, hey, I'm giving. Here's my contribution. It's very important that we teach our kids generosity. We model it for them. In Second Corinthians chapter eight, beginning verse fourteen, it says, "At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need," talking about other Christians, other needy churches, so that in turn, their plenty will supply. What you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who has gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Again, the question is why does God give some of His children more than they need, and others less than they need?
1: So that He may use His children to help one another. When those With too much
0: help, those with too little, two problems are solved. God distributes wealth unevenly, not because he loves some of his children more than others, but so his children can distribute it to their brothers and sisters on his behalf. Again, abundance isn't God's provision for me to live in luxury. It never was. And again, I want to commend a lot of us because you are doing this thing quietly. And my Bible says, the God who sees what you're doing
1: in secret will reward you and will continue to reward you. And so keep it up. He provides for us so that we can help other people. So continue to be
0: generous as you help other people. God has entrusted me
1: with his money not to build my kingdom on this earth, but to build his kingdom in heaven. To use that money so that the church can continue to spread the gospel. That's what it's all
0: about. I can't take it with me, but I can, I can send those souls on ahead. And I, I shared this a few weeks ago. Because of your generosity over the years from this church, now we have over 13,000 disciples on the continent of Africa. And one of these fine days, you're going to meet those guys face to face. I believe they're going to walk up to you and say, you know what? Hey, my name is so so what's your name? You're from the New York City Church. I want to thank you for sending missionaries over. Because those guys came, and then, you know, they started preaching the word, and then I became a Christian, and then I met my husband or my wife, or I was a single person my whole life, and then... I." You know, I I invited my mother to church and then my mother got baptized and then my brother got baptized and then his wife got baptized and then this person got baptized. And look at all these people because of your generosity, year in and year out. I promise you, you and I are going to be having those kind of conversations when we get to the other side. It's It's a guarantee.
1: Our giving is making a difference, not only in people's lives on this earth, but it's making a difference in people's eternity for so many, for thousands and thousands of people.
0: Brothers and sisters, again, principle number five. God blesses us
1: not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. I know so many people that, yes, they could have taken an extra vacation.
0: Yes, they could have bought a brand new car. Yes, they could have, you know, bought more clothes, but they decided, I'm not going to do this. Instead, I'm going to give the money to missions or I'm going to increase my contribution. I know many Christians. Some of you guys have done that. I know Christians who have taken off their their wedding band, not their wedding band, their, their engagement rings, and sold it and gave the money to missions contribution. So many. And today... The gospel is being preached all around the world and I praise God for that. Next week, I will discuss practicals about managing God's money so that it will grow and so that we'll have something to, to leave to our kids. We'll have something that we can leave to the church. I hope these classes have been helpful. I encourage you to go back and study out all these passages. I believe it was the week number one. I, 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 put a, I gave us a bunch of scriptures. Uh, I'm happy to send that out again. But uh, go, go study all this stuff out
1: okay and um, when I taught this in Atlanta many years ago, the iMovie
0: app just came out on uh, on Apple and this young man on campus his name was Corey Morgan he, he went and put all these principles to to music and did a, a short very a, a very short iMovie and he, and he, and he sent it to me. I was like, wow, thank you. I, I mean, he was very talented, just like our sister Lamarca. And so many of you are very talented that are listening to me tonight. And, um, and so I want to show you um, the, uh, the five principles that he put together. Enjoy it. And after that, I would like to ask my wife to close us out with a word of prayer. And then we're going to go into our breakout rooms. And so here is, uh, here is the, uh, the little movie clip that uh, Corey Morgan, your brother from Atlanta,
1: Georgia, put together. Uh, when I first taught this class many years ago in Atlanta, Georgia.